Hey, it's John Williams. If your home struggled to stay warm this winter, then you know it's going to be hot this summer. Maybe it's those old leaky windows and doors. Call Next Door and Window, the company we hired. Right now, you'll get buy one, get one 30% off, plus 18 months of interest-free financing. So call 1-800-NEXT-DOOR right now. That's 1-800-NEXT-DOOR or go to 1-800-NEXTDOOR.COM. What we're going to do right here is go back, go back, go back, go back, way back, way back, way back. It's the Hogan Johns Year in Review. Sit back and relax as the Adams escorts you from training camp to Bourbonnais, the preseason, and all the way through Game 16. Enjoy our look back at what began with so much promise and fanfare, the 2019 Chicago Bears. All right, Adam Johns, it was an interesting year. To say the least, A disappointing year. I had a good year. Well, for the Bears. <laughs> oh, okay, okay. It's good that you had a good year. Yes. Where do we start with this whole thing? It was still a fun year. There's a lot to reflect on with the 2019 Chicago Bears, and especially in the context of this podcast, which is really how we want to look at this today. For our listeners, hopefully, we know you didn't enjoy the football eight out of 16 times, but hopefully along the ride here, you enjoyed this podcast. And that's part of what we want to do here today. Reflect on the season, but also reflect on some of the great times we had on the podcast this year. To me, we got to go back to Arizona. So one of the most important questions we have today, Ryan, do you have a Bitmoji? (laughs) (laughs) That's a good question. (laughs) Don't lie. (laughs) Don't lie. So the truth is, I do have one. And Matt is the one who created my Bitmoji. Which looks nothing like me. <laughs> well, yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah, Matt made it, so I have one. We have to see that before this, this interview is over. And there's, so there's a hair one to, to use, I oh, guess. No, it's oh, for yeah. him? Yes. It's, yeah. it's absolutely <laughs> perfect. I mean, it is like the perfect wave, the slick, the everything's just right, you know? I'll show and, it to you. He, there's a lot of gray hair on it. I'll, I'll <laughs> then comes rookie minicamp. And the circus that was the kicker competition. This was riveting theater. I remember one guy missing and one of the assistant coaches going into this marsh to go get this ball and him cursing and cussing as he was walking through bushes with thorns and stuff. He's getting eaten up. You know, he's in shorts. I I still remember his face and the cuss words and him whipping the ball back as he went into this marsh to go get the ball of which was missed again. Bad shank. Damn kickers keep losing our footballs. (laughs) And then the best part about the whole rookie minicamp kicking competition is that Eddie Pinheiro wasn't there. No. No. And the winner of the whole thing wasn't even there. No. 22-yard attempt by Pinheiro. And the kick is solid. Eddie Pinheiro with the field goal to give the Bears the lead. 21-19. Me. I'm the kicker. Now, Casey Bednarski was interesting because he was the guy I was having fun with last week. And, you know, okay, a lot of it was a bit. Bednarski, I mean, perfect bear. Yeah. Long hair, Kwiatkowski, yeah. backflips, the whole thing. So Saturday, you and I were talking at House Hall, and honestly, Bednarski and Fry were probably the two best kickers on Friday. Mm-hmm. They both had strong weekends overall. And Bednarski also, I think, fair to say, had the biggest leg. 
He had some good exit velocity. I thought he had the biggest leg, but you made an interesting observation. And again, and you're not talking about his just his leg being big. You're talking about <laughs> yeah. Well, you didn't seem to like you didn't seem to like his body type. If we're gonna get that crazy, he kicked an ugly ball. That, oh, go on. That's what the, what I was getting at, though. You made the observation that his he kicks an ugly ball. Yes, I kept trying to tell you and Pat Finley, who also became obsessed with with his story and back flipping. The ball is spinning horizontally, guys. <laughs> That's not how you want it to be. Does it matter, though, if it goes through the uprights? I'm thinking eventually. (laughs) Yes. I'm with you. 8-1 from 52. This is for the game. And the kick by Pinheiro is good. It's good, and the Bears win it. The Chicago Bears beat the Broncos 16-14 on a 53-yard field goal by Eddie Pinheiro. Perfect on the day. Then we move on to June and the glorious weekend in Rosemont. The thing was really cool. The ceremony on Friday night went on forever. They introduced all 90 members of the Chicago Bears. My greatest memory, I remember Devin Hester's announcement. I remember Soldier Boy playing. Soldier Boy playing. Soldier Boy, I've been it. Oh. Why me crack it? Why me roll? Why me crack that Soldier Boy that Superman that oh. Mongo McMichael's interview with us. Like, what did, how did he open it up? Anybody got any questions? You just want to hear me ramble on for like five yeah. minutes. And I'm sitting there like, just talk. Yeah, baby. just go just ahead. Just go, baby. Say what you want to <laughs> say. Whatever you want to say. He's taunting Richard Dent. You know, he's saying Mike Singletary can't take on blocks. All this stuff. It was fantastic. I, I remember just having one moment where you're standing, standing there and there's like five gold jackets around you. And you're like, this is actually pretty cool. Yeah. Dick had a cigar going. Uh, Devin Hester was there. Jim McMahon was there. I think he had a chew in his mouth. It was unique to see Alex Brown being interviewed while Richard Denton is being interviewed. Devin Hester being interviewed in the same exact spot that Gary Fensick was interviewed. Then Bob Wataska from the 1963 Bears, an exceptional football team. He was interviewed in the same spot. I think the downside was, and it's nobody's fault, it's just a byproduct, but there was, it just added to the excitement and the expectations. Yes, yes. You know, I remember Gary Fensick standing there talking, and he's a season ticket holder, goes to the games, and the excitement he had was genuine about what could happen in 2019. The Bears' 100th season, and um, obviously that didn't come to fruition. This became tangible. There was faces put to it. Now, you had Steve McMichael, Dan Hampton, Mike Dicka, Dick Buckus. Talking about Khalil Mack. Yeah, Jim McMahon meeting Mitch Trubisky for the first time. The excitement was palpable. The optimism was tangible. Now, disappointment followed, but you could feel it. I know what you're asking yourself, and the answer is yes. You smell like a winner! A couple weeks later, we had our first ever Ask Us Anything episode at WGN Radio. This was a cool event. Hopefully we could do it again this summer, where we, we gave away spots to our, our listeners and so it was a more intimate kind of setting. What, we have like 30 people there or something? Yeah. yeah. Um, really cool opportunity to meet our listeners. They were grateful to be there. They interacted with us. We were inside the WGN Radio Performance Studio, which has a great view of the river, Navy Pier, Lake Michigan. Um, that was fun. There was food from Houndstooth? Yes. Which was delicious. Houndstooth brought in a whole bunch of food. And then... Bob Dabrowski gave us his Adam Shaheen prediction. <laughs> he had high expectations for yeah, the, the yeah. Gri- what do you call him, the Grizzly Giant? The Grizzly Giant. He did like him some Adam Shaheen. He was consistent with that throughout the year. 
Hoagie Cat, John Z. Babe. It's uh, Babo Dabrowski here. Long-time listener, long-time caller. First time here in the uh, NASDAQ Performance Center studio. It's beautiful digs you guys got here. I love it. Love it. You got a view of the lake and a building. Um... <laughs> Careful, Mike, that's a hotel now. Uh, it's a, we just still a building, is it not? <laughs> My question to you guys, uh, is there any truth to the rumor that uh, the Chicago Bears are thinking of trading uh, with New Orleans, sending Adam the Grizzly Giant Jaheen down for uh, Zion Williamson to play tight end for the Chicago Bears? <laughs> oh, and Zion oh, just probables oh. his way right to the hole. Well, that's what he can do. And if so, would you do it? Would you say that Zion's potential outweighs Shaheen, the Grizzly Giants, uh, proven on-field touchdown scoring and two-point scoring potential? <laughs> Thank you, and I'll hang up and listen to your answer. <laughs> yeah, how many how many touchdowns was it that uh, 35 that you put? Minimum 35. <laughs> Touchdown Bears! So we finally had some time off after that, and then came... The death trip to the <laughs> Those storms we drove through, yes, were serious business. We had storms. Your car broke down. Yes, I, or I, your car wouldn't go over seven. And now, I get why the Bears did it. It was, you know, an homage to the history. I think the NFL wanted them to do it too. And then we did that podcast later on that dirty old picnic table next to the multicolored porta potties. I thought that we captured the uh, the most accurate Decatur atmosphere. Our stepmom, we did everything to hate her. She took us down to the edge of Decatur. Welcome in from uh, beautiful Decatur, Illinois, next to the lovely porta potties next to us. There are three colors. There is a blue one, a pink one. And a green one. We are here. We made it <laughs> <laughs> to the Decatur Civic Center. I've never been to Decatur. Not sure I'll ever be back here. They did present us with a lovely uh, media packet, though, on the town. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I saw oh, a nasty storm. Did you hit that nasty storm coming yeah, out? Yeah, uh, there were a lot of storms. I just... Uh, there was a tornado behind me. A tornado yeah. was, like, following you? Yeah, yeah. Not like this. This is Wizard of Oz or anything like that. It, it was... <laughs> Just listening to the local news reports uh, on the AFM radio. Were there actually tornadoes? Yes. No, there were. There were not tornadoes on 55, okay. which is the way you should have gone. You take 55 home. Probably. Okay, I'm gonna take 57. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, enjoy Bourbon A. And then there's something like your car won't go over 70 oh, miles an hour. Oh man, I've had a morning. I have had a morning. Does anyone know how to fix uh, a fuel injector down here? You think? Is that what the problem is? Yeah, I think so. I definitely don't. Okay. Okay. So wish, did me, have wish to, me luck at home. I did have to fix a flat tire over the weekend. Oh, look at my, my dad's car. right now. Yeah. It's the last thing we need uh, to experience in 57 going home. John's asked me to follow him home, <laughs> and I said, there's 0% chance I'm going 70 miles an hour home. So, uh, well, it, it, Illinois see, State Troopers, be on the list. Yes, be on the lookout for him. The, the bad teammate, they won't follow his, his teammate in need home. You're going to be yeah. fine. Yeah, we'll be fine. Okay, if fine. you get stuck in Bourbon A, just stay there. <laughs> I'll leave you with this tweet if I can find it. Because remember how you solicited... Um, oh, recommendations. Recommendations. This is coming from uh, Chris on Twitter. Late notice, but I'm from the area near Decatur. Don't bother eating there. Our stepmom, we did everything to hate her. She took us down to the edge of Decatur. All right, and then uh, Bourbon A gets going a few days later. Training camp is underway. Uh, we sat down with Ryan Pace, the general manager, our annual training camp conversation with him. So our annual Olivet Nazarene interview with Ryan Pace. And again, the optimism was high. 
At this point, Mitch Trubisky's struggles had become a conversation. He had thrown interceptions. They wanted to push the envelope. They wanted him to, to test things out. They're, they're installing new plays, trying out new plays. All that stuff was going on in Bourbon. Third down and nine. Trubisky to the end zone, and it's intercepted in the back of the end zone by Alec Ogletree. Trubisky all day to throw it, and he just laid it right into the hands of Julian Love. So we hear it all the time, though, with the interceptions. Our readers at The Athletic, our listeners here, I'm sure they're... They see the interceptions on Twitter and they, they wonder what's going on. What, what would you tell them as somebody who, who knows the play call, who knows the defense, who knows what Matt wants? What would you tell them to maybe ease their concerns? I would say first, I appreciate like how locked in our fans on our, you know, <laughs> how, you know, we talk about being obsessed. We have an obsessed fan and I love that. I think um, part of it is just like you guys said earlier, it's it's part of training camp. It's part of practice. You know, that's what's happening. Um, and I think they're testing things out. And then I think sometimes you have to credit our defense too. We have a great defense that are flying around right now. And we got a lot of good players on that side of the ball. So it's a little bit of both. It's, it, you know, it's an offense that's growing. Um, we're, we're trying new things with a lot of new pieces, and we have a really good defense. Intercepted! That is ha-ha Clinton Dix a year ago here in D.C., and now into the end zone here in D.C. A 37-yard pick-six return for ha-ha Clinton Dix. And then we move on to Houndstooth. The season-opening party we had, the kickoff party, the night before the Bears-Packers game. That was fun. I remember only one thing about that night, or a few things, actually. Great hospitality, great burger, and a 13-3 and prediction. Live from Houndstooth Saloon, it's the Hogan Johns Podcast. You see my prediction? You see my prediction? We're going to talk about that. Bob Dabrowski did. Oh, yeah. Well, see, he was my ghostwriter. That's what people don't know. That's why it was so optimistic. I'm just a ghost, not even a writer. <laughs> so 13-3, and three, Super Bowl. That's your pick. What do you think about that? Wow. Wow, you're all in. Adam Hogue is all in. Take why us not? through it. Give me, give me a reason not to be. Well, where do you want to start? You just mentioned the kicker right there. Okay. Double doinking. A lot of double doink at Mr. Yeah. Trubisky's development, even though I'm on the the more positive side of that conversation. I just think think 13 and 3. Look, I pick them 11 and 5. I think that's a great season. But 13 and 3, Super Bowl. Come on, explain yourself. Well, I I think that they're a really good football team, and I don't know why everyone's so afraid to predict that a really good football team can win the Super Bowl. Mm, wrong. Try again, dumbass. So the the athletic polled all 44 of their football writers that we now employ, and these are the people that cover teams individually. Some of our national writers like Dan Pompey and Mike Sando, and the the consensus pick among the sports writers of the athletic is that the Bears will be the most disappointing team of the 2019 season. Damn! Disaster of biblical proportion. I'm like enjoying my night last night. I'm watching Bachelor in Paradise and then there's there's Hogue putting up his 13-3 Super Bowl and suddenly the world stops. I gotta, you know, see what's going on here. I agree with our guy here, Hoagie Cat. Obviously they're going to the Super Bowl but uh, I don't know where they're losing three games. It's kind of weird. I think it's probably fair to say that uh, anyone that could not come out here that was able to is probably a lesser Bears fan than all of these good, fine people out here. Give yourself a round of applause. Uh, 
It might get the 36 touchdowns now. I mean, it's hard to say. Sounds doable to me. It's definitely yeah. doable. I mean, it's probably going to be at least a quarter of Mitch's touchdowns this season. So. <laughs> I think that might be a record. All right, Bob Dabrowski, everybody. Yes. It's Packer Week. You know, we talked all, all, about all those things at Houndstooth. Then you get the next night against the Packers. I felt like it that night, I look back at it now, it was a big uh-oh. Uh-oh. You know, a lot of times we hear you shouldn't put too much stock in week one, but for the last two seasons, I still think we learned a lot about the Bears in their first game. Two years ago, even though I lost to the Packers, they blew a 20 nothing lead. I remember coming out of the game like, these guys are improved. They're going to be good this year. They're going to be a contender. This time, it was the opposite. It was... Uh-oh. Uh-oh. One, this Packers defense might be for real, but two, this offense is not good. For me, it was the shell shock of Trubisky, and you and I both noticed it immediately. It was him stepping to the podium in sweats. It was his tone. It was his demeanor. It was his body language. It was something, as shown later, that wasn't easy for him to shake off. It was something that, in a way, even though the Bears won their next two games, kind of set the tone for the rest of the year with him. The the hyper-over-analysis, the hyper-criticism, the soul-searching introspection of, of what he was as a quarterback by, by not only the team, but by everybody. Everybody wanted answers, and that was the start of it. Like a bubble was popped, and pop, pop, pop. It was the first sign that this was going to be such of, uh, well, the season we got. Obviously unacceptable. Starts with me. Just told the guys in there, this is uh, not who we are. I was proud of our defense. I thought they played their ass off tonight. Offensively, not good enough. Trubisky to the end zone, and it's going to be picked off. It's Adrian Amos who comes back to haunt his old team. I also talked to him and told him that it is uh, the first game of the year. There's a lot more games left. And the Green Bay Packers come in, upset the Bears, and go home for five of their next six. I know what kind of guys we have. I'm looking forward to figuring out how we get better, and we're going to do that. Wow, 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 wow. Wow. There's a lot of scenarios that you could have told me before this game in which the Bears would have lost. Okay. I mean... I thought it was completely rational to pick the Packers. Obviously, we didn't, but there were arguments to be made. None of them would have involved the offense, to me, looking that bad. As bad as... I'm not going to say as bad as we've seen here in Chicago, because there's been a lot of bad offenses. But I just could not have fathomed, under Matt Nagy... Mitch Trubisky, David Montgomery, Tariq Cohen, with all the weapons that the whole everything we've talked about for months now. Three points. Yep. Yep. Unbelievable. That was Matt Nagy's worst game as a as the Bears head coach. Yes. Packers ten, 
Bears three. Obviously, I thought there was going to be more points. <laughs> I think everybody did. Uh, but I thought there was going to be more than 13 points in the first quarter. Yes. Ugh. I mean, I feel like there's a long list of apologies I need to make here on this podcast. But what a reality check. Bears go on to win three games in a row. Even through that three-game winning streak, though, the quarterback conversation didn't stop. And you and I differed greatly after the Washington game on Monday night. Yeah. We sparred, baby. Because he threw three touchdowns. In a lot of ways, he looked better. The throw to Taylor Gabriel was outstanding. The way he eluded the rush and put the ball up there for Gabriel to catch that. But everybody was kung fu fighting. I still had a problem with his short area accuracy. And to me, it was an issue throughout that game. And I think in hindsight, it still was an example of some of the struggles that were coming in 2019. Yeah, you know, looking back at it, I was probably wrong about that game. I felt like it was a step in the right direction, especially playing a better Broncos defense. It felt like a 2018 game, but the production was there, but the mistakes were still there. It felt like, okay, he's in the process of shaking this off. Things can get right here. Looking back at it now, the benefit of hindsight, you may have been a little bit more right than I thought there. There, A game that he should have played well in. Yes. Should have been expected to play well in. And I think he did that, but for one ugly, egregious throw. And now the Bears looking for more. Trubisky intercepted near the goal line. Josh Norman. Of course, the interception to Josh Norman. People are going to obsess over it. But I don't think it should overshadow the the efficient, the effective performance he had up to that point. Ooh, yeah. Um, I'm going to have to go ahead and sort of disagree with you there. See, here's where I'll disagree with you. I thought he was bad in the first quarter. I'm the bad guy. Duh. Just fair. And the numbers did not reflect it at all because those wide receivers, running backs, whoever was catching the ball. Let me ask you, the one the one that goes off Anthony Miller's left hand, should he catch that ball? Are you talking about the deeper one down the left side? The deeper sideline? one down the the yes, the left sideline to him. Maybe, but it should have been an easy completion. It didn't need to be hard. Maybe he should have made the play. Did you not see Demarcus Robinson's I, one-handed he touchdown catch for Carlton? Play he was scrambling for like twenty seconds and threw it all the way across the it's field. It's still not a good choice. I'm just saying. Sometimes you need your receivers. To I know, make but plays. the play you brought up was, was an easy throw for an easy NFL throw. quarterback. Okay, all right. Back in '82, I used to be able to throw a pigskin quarter mile. Are you serious? I'm dead serious. I'm talking more about the shorter ones. I mean. The, the Bears came out, everything was short. Mm-hmm. Dink and dunk it, dink and dunk it. Everything was high. Everything was low. Nothing was in stride. Nothing was where it should have been. In the hands, in the belly, at the chest. Nothing in the target Still area. Still completed passes. That's fine. Because of the wide receivers. Okay. Everything They're supposed was, to catch dude, the ball. you got to stop with this, man. He was not good in the it, first dude, I'm not saying he was, but... Looks like a little gentleman's disagreement on the court. Nothing big. No, these girls aren't going to fight. But people have to uh, stop obsessing over every pass that needs to. Every pass does not have to be perfect. There's other players involved in the Some play. Some of them do. Yeah. Well, apparently because Tariq Cohen can't catch the ball. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Burn! Slow down, Speedy Gonzalez. 
but he was good in the second quarter. Okay. The Bears' offense, that's how it should look. They blocked up front, the quarterback was accurate, and all of a sudden Matt Nagy looks like a genius as a play caller. I mean, the people are also starting to get on Nagy for these play calls. You can't call plays when your offense line's not blocking and your quarterback and they weren't good in the They pass. weren't good in the first quarter. I don't care who you are. You, you Kyle Long had a rough game, I think, overall. Uh, everything's under control. Situation normal. What happened? Uh, hit a slight weapons malfunction, but uh, everything's perfectly all right now. We're fine. We're all fine here now. Thank you. How are you? We go to London, and boy, do we have some fun in London. And some not fun, because I get to London after multiple flight delays, travel problems, and my luggage gets lost, and learn that you got sick on the way to London. Oh, boy, did I. I need somebody Help. Not just anybody Help. You know I need someone Help. The stomach flu had ravaged my house One by one, family members were dropping And I'm like, oh, I'm cleaning this stuff up You know, I got young kids, it's everywhere And I'm taking probiotics I'm trying to fight this thing off Because I know it's coming I'm washing my hands Like I'm literally burning my hands with water To, to fight this thing off And then I eat the food on the airplane I'm happy. I watched Spider-Man Far From Home. Shut my eyes. Oh, no. At this point, everybody on this large plane, I think it was like a 767, whatever it was, is very fortunate that they were sleeping or trying to sleep because I was not close to the washrooms. <laughs> I was like in the first row just past business class, and I made frequent trips Oh my God! <laughs> to the bathroom. Of all the places. Yes. A transcontinental flight to London. Oh, uh, but we got that sweet Abbey Road pick for the podcast. Yes, we did. You're ready to go on Sunday. Yeah, I was. I was. Beautiful stadium. Great stadium in the middle of nowhere. It's like a giant stadium which just like fell on top of a city. Well, we were warned, hey, just be careful. You're going into a, a troubled area. Yeah, the walk back to the bus after the game was interesting. Oh, we got lost. I'm like, oh boy. There's foxes. Yes, there was a fox. There, was, there was. Foxes trailing us. Not John Fox. Sexy. He might have been too. A real fox. Get these guys. Fun trip to London, except the Bears lose the game. Podcasts. Soccer. Not a fan. I'm from Pittsburgh. We play real football. American football. Yeah. No. Real football. Hogan John. From across the pond. What time? Buffalo to the Bears. This is a whirlwind. I want to come here and bring temperatures. Rip sack and a takeaway by who else but Khalil Mack. The guy, he's a game wrecker. He makes us a much better team. Down he goes, and it's Khalil Mack with the sack. I mean, it'd be crazy for me to say that what Khalil has done since he's gotten here is an absolutely beyond being special. Khalil Mack, he is unbelievable. WGN Radio presents Hogan Johns from across the pond with Adam Hogue. That's right. The boss is finally here. Oi, you Batman. And from The Athletic, Adam Johns. The name's Bond. James Bond. Here they are from the UK, the Adams, Hogan Johns. They say it's your birthday. It doesn't feel like it's my birthday. Welcome in the Hogan Johns podcast from London. And boy, if that open doesn't get you ready to go for this week, I don't know what does. Ernie doing the English accent on an open. That was good stuff. And I certainly get you jacked up. Much different situation, though, here in London for us. Adam Johns might be dead. 
He might be, but I think he's just, we'll call him inactive. He's an unhealthy scratch. That is the voice of Kevin Fishbane, who is filling in for Adam Johns, who neither of us have seen. You traveled with him here, have not seen him. Thankfully, I was many rows behind him in the plane and refused to sit next to him on the train or the Uber as to preserve my own health. I can confirm he is in London. I can confirm he's in our hotel, and he's feeling better. Ooh, good. Okay. So he's on the, uh, Matt Nagy would say, arrow up. Arrow up. Arrow up. So he's he's likely to play on Sunday. I'm happy to be this week's Nick Williams. On fourth and one, now it's first and goal at the two. And here is Jacobs for the touchdown. Chase Daniel going up top, and it's intercepted. Darian Conley picks it off. Uh-oh. Sounds like somebody's got a case of the Mondays. Okay. Sounds like a case of the Mondays. Now you know the Bears have big problems. Yes. Like, there's still a point or a part of you are like, okay, Trubisky's coming back from a little shoulder injury. Did it look right? We've seen this before. Last year with the Rams. Ended up finishing off the season nicely. But again, the signs were there. The signs were there that this was not going to work at all. I mean, there'll be some bright moments later in the season that we'll talk about. But they never had that consistency. Never. Could never find it. And now, when the Saints go marching ahead. First and goal, Murray. Sniffing the end zone. Does he get there? It's a touchdown for Latavius Murray. Throw the hill. And he's into the end zone for a touchdown. Murray into the end zone. This is about to be 27 unanswered points for the Saints. I don't have to tell you things are bad. Everybody knows things are bad. So they start the game trying to run the ball. Can't do it. They Still a problem. Cannot run the ball. So then they try to throw the ball. And the quarterback's missing wide, wide open wide receivers. So now you can't run the ball and you don't have a quarterback that can hit the wide open receivers. Well, that's that's a problem. Not good. Then he hits the wide open receiver and Trey Burton drops the ball. Right in his hands, he drops it. So now you can't run the ball, you can't throw the ball, and you can't catch the <laughs> ball. All right? Then you get a shot where you get the right play call and the receiver runs the wrong route and the quarterback throws the wrong this doesn't even give him a chance to catch the ball oh, you forgot the offensive line broke down in protection and the offensive line <laughs> broke down in protection okay then after all this you can't run the ball you can't throw the ball you can't catch the ball you can't run the right routes and you can't block it you try to hand it off again to that guy, David Montgomery, that you drafted. You talked up all summer as the greatest thing you know that's ever happened here since Walter Payton. And he fumbles. And now David Montgomery on first down. And the ball loose. Same, same they have the football. So you can't run the ball. You can't throw the ball. You can't catch the ball. You can't run the right routes. You can't call the right plays. And then you can't hold on to the football either on the running plays. Banks are going bust. Shopkeepers keep a gun under the counter. Punks are running wild in the street. And there's nobody anywhere who seems to know what to do. And there's no end to it. How the hell are you supposed to, supposed to do anything offensively when all that happens? Yes. I mean, we can end the good. Pod- Should we just end the podcast yes, right there? I- I'm very impressed. We know things are bad. Worse than bad. They're crazy. It's like everything everywhere is going crazy. You had that thought out. I actually, just, I'm impressed. I didn't. I just had the list, and then it came out that way. But yeah, I'll yeah, take it. I'm impressed. Well, but if only but, the Bears' execution is that good. I want all of you to get up out of your chairs. I want you to get up right now and go to the window, open it, and stick your head out and yell, "I'm as mad as hell, and I'm not going to take this anymore." So, in the middle of the losing streak. We have a much different live show at Kroll's in the South Loop, which was still a lot of fun. But man, you want to talk about two different atmospheres. To give you an idea where fans were at this point, we had tickets we gave away. 
to the Bears-Lions game. And the guy that won those tickets <laughs> asked us for the Northwestern tickets. He traded them for the Northwestern tickets. That we also had. It's Hogan Johns. Wimps with play action, throws it, and it's caught by Zach Ertz, and he's in for the touchdown. No. Yes, touchdown. And here's Jordan Howard up the middle. Touchdown. Coming to you live from Crow's South Loop, it's the Hogan Johns Show. When you go three and out five straight times and you, you don't know the why sometimes. Hey, we've got a problem here. That's the part to where you can say to yourself, okay, is this something where there needs to be a change, whether it's a play caller or whether it's schematically or it's a position. Say again, please. Houston, we have a problem. I would say the overall theme is self-inflicted mistakes. You are correct, sir. That could be a numerous different reasons. Not being locked in. Ding, ding, ding. Overthinking. Too excited. Yeah. We just got to find a way to get back on track. <laughs> if everyone just focuses on doing their job and playing good football, we could easily fix those mistakes. That makes sense. With Adam Ho. That boy's good. That's the best in the city of Chicago. And from The Athletic, Adam Johns. It's going to sound weird, but for a second, I think you took on the shape of a unicorn. Strap it down and get ready. Aye, aye, Captain. From Crow's South Loop, The Adams. Hogan Johns. Hey, what's up? Welcome in from Kroll's South Loop. We thank our friends from Goose Island for having us out here tonight. It's our Week 10 preview. I love a good 312. Oh, that is the best. That is the best. Take we got a sip the right now. $4 Goose Islands out here at Kroll's, one of my favorite bars because. Adam Johns, it's also a Badger bar. No, yeah. I it saw is. the uh, stickers on the windows. And right jo- there. And Joey Joro used to live here. South Loop, baby. <laughs> but actually, in the bar, he just he had a spot over there by the bar. Well, they didn't know that. Yeah. Uh, welcome in. Thank you for everyone who came out tonight. Uh, we are going to do what we always do at these live shows. We're going to talk about the Bears. We're going to take questions and hopefully provide some answers. I feel like I had a lot more answers when we did our last live show than I do now. I believe you had them at 13-3 and three in our last live show. Well, I didn't say that the answers were correct. Optimistic. They, they, were, they were definitely optimistic. No question about that. Bonus we already episode. got an always, always next year. Like five oh, minutes already? into the show. Yeah. There's still half a season left, guys. I mean, I know it doesn't look like they're making the playoffs, <laughs> but there's still half a season left. <laughs> it could be a lot more bad football. Great. Great. We are done. So Nagy's described the position for Cordell Patterson as Trojan. Trojan man. Yes. Trojan man. That's what, that's what he is. <laughs> I mean, if you're in the locker room and you find out his position is Trojan, do you not just walk around saying that? Right? Trojan man. I'm not the only one who could be doing that. His teammates have to be doing <laughs> yeah, that. I would, right? I would hope so. And I would actually be very disappointed if they're not. Right? Trojan man. Safety first on the Hogan Johns podcast. The Bears end up beating the Lions. They go to L.A. and you have the whole Trubisky injury situation. I don't know how else to sum that up now as we look back on it. As it's just weird. The thing was so weird. I still believe he was benched. Now this was another one of our sparring sessions. <laughs> well, it was just that I, 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 my problem with that is was that the game was still winnable. Yes, and I don't understand why, because he had worse games this season than that game. Yes, yes. He wasn't, to me, he wasn't the problem okay. in that game. Okay, maybe he wasn't benched. But, was but it, no, but there's a lot of people who still believe that. But, but, but there's an, it was an opportunity for Matt Nagy to try something with his quarterback, and he had been trying a lot of things to get to him. Maybe it was a message. I don't know. 
The guy practiced in full three days Yes, and, and don't get me wrong. The hip injury was, was real. We saw him walk up that long ramp outside the L.A. Coliseum after his interview. Remember that? Yeah. He was laboring. There's video evidence of his injury. During the game. Yes. You could see on it, tape. You could affect you see it affect his motions. But he still wanted to play through it. And that's what I that's the point I keep getting to. Yeah. He wanted to play through it. And Matt Nagy told him no. It was one of the last drives, second quarter. So I just try to try to keep it loose and just kept getting tighter and tighter and it was really preventing me to 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 play my game and just yeah, it's frustrating. He just wasn't feeling right. His, his hip was was hurting him. We knew it a few series earlier um, that that something wasn't right. We we, we watched him kind of just to keep an eye on him and see how it was. And I had to pull him aside and talk to him and just ask him and say exactly that I needed we needed him to be honest. I just kept getting tighter and tighter um, in the hip region, and I just couldn't move around like I wanted to. And, and I was just throwing with a lot of arm, and I was trying to make plays and, and stay stay on the field and fight through. And just, just disappointed I couldn't finish. We have to see how serious it is, number one. And, and so we'll do that here when we get back and find out exactly where he's at. But I just appreciate Mitch's uh, his toughness. You know, I mean, uh, you, you appreciate that. The kid did not want to come out. But at the same time, we, we had to know exactly what was going on. Very difficult. I really wasn't saying much. They just decided the shape I was in. I just couldn't help the team the way I wanted to. It's it's super disappointing. He just had a he had an earlier deal where he landed on it and it just uh, he was playing through it. Coach Rags, our quarterback coach, he he uh, he mentioned to me that we, we got to keep an eye on him. I think it was probably one or two series that uh, that he went through with it, and then I finally pulled him aside. I said, "Listen, here's the deal. Uh, we got to know, and you got to be honest with us as to where you're at." And and that's it was hard for him to say that. It was really hard, but he he told me exactly how he felt, and then I made the decision to you know to to put Chase in there at that time. Just got to see what it is, monitor his next couple, next couple days, and hopefully it doesn't prevent me from, from being out next week. And um, it, it just sucks. I wish I could just finish out with my guys. Unfortunately, that loss really hurt the Bears. Um, basically made it virtually impossible for them to, to yes. make the playoffs, which is how it turned out. Um, but we still had fun. Bears go to to Detroit for Thanksgiving, and look, you have no choice when you're away from your family on Thanksgiving to just make the most of it. Really nice dinner on Wednesday night, and we had the very fun, unique post-game episode, driving home in Ken Fishbane's car (laughs) with Jeff Dickerson involved in the podcast. That was fun. That was a good show. And we stopped at Steak and Shake to pay off the tees from earlier. Yes, yes. Thanksgiving dinner at Steak and Shake. Otter, this is ridiculous. What are we going to do? Road Road trip. trip. Well, I had that um, sign Mitch to the extension story ready to go, but then I figured Johns would write it anyway. (laughs) By the way, uh, Mitch had some horrible games against Green Bay and New Orleans. Adam, come on now. Maybe it's the the lack of oxygen in Fishbane's car. uh, (laughs) It's hot in here. Not remembering that. But What's our ETA to Steak and Shake, most importantly? One hour, 23 minutes to Steak and Shake Kalamazoo. As Bart Scott once said, can't wait. I can't. I cannot. Starving. We could keep going until we get there, but then uh, Jeff Dickerson would kill us. (laughs) He looks This has been a uh, real eye-opener for me. It's been a very educational process, and uh, I'm a big fan. But you've never let me come on anything in the past, so I mean, this is like I have to get literally stuck in a car with you guys for four hours to be invited on the podcast. If this is what it takes. I'm in. King of the road. The car ride was really fun, though. I think a lot of fans or listeners enjoyed that podcast. Yeah, 
shows our little our personalities a bit more. It was fun to get JD involved. Fishman's always involved, but you know he was driving his dad's car, which is actually a funny note about the whole trip <laughs> in his dad's car. But it was uh, it was fun. Good company. Good to be around with friends at Thanksgiving. Yeah, we made the most of it, and the Bears got a big win. Trubisky showed progress, and he doubled it up the next week against the Cowboys. Everybody's seeing what type of people we have on this football team. No one's flinched. We've pulled together. We've become even tighter. We're winning football games now. We're playing as a team. Are we going to be perfect? No. Are we going to coach perfect? No. But we're going to do everything we can to be as good as we can and win football games. Second and goal. Pass caught. Touchdown, Chicago. Allen Robinson. Pass is caught for the touchdown, Robinson. The guys made plays. Mitch made a hell of a throw. A-Rob made a hell of a catch. We got seven points. To turn that into uh, a touchdown coming out the third quarter, that was huge. This is really impressive by them, and they, and they can put the dagger in the Cowboys here early in this third quarter. Here's a quick throw to Miller. Good throw. Touchdown. What a drive and what a throw there by Trubisky. He used them as a weapon, and we saw some things that we liked in regards to the run scheme. Whenever he's able to use his legs like that, it, it's uh, he becomes another running back. He keeps again. One-on-one. Tackle missed. Touchdown, Trubisky. I just pulled it. Really an awesome block by Leno. And I just cut up in there and made a guy miss and got in the end zone. What a night for number 10. And then it all ends in Green Bay. Rodgers, four-man rush, going to float it down the seam. Adams has it, and he's in. Touchdown, Packers. And sort of a reality check the next two weeks, really. Um, I mean, the Bears had chances to win that game against the Packers. Heck, Jesper Horstead just pitches the ball. You know, you got a chance to go to overtime. But the Packers deserve to win the division this year. They proved it that day. And big reality check the following week, too, against Patrick Mahomes, where the Chiefs just took it to the Bears. Mahomes is going to go the other way. He's going to keep it. He's going to take it to the end zone. Touchdown, Chiefs. They've been winning ugly this year. I don't know if they're particularly a great team. I don't know if it's just been like a slightly above average year for the division. I don't know if the Packers really have a Super Bowl run in them. They got to make a believer out of me in the playoffs. But they they were consistently winning ugly. Still have Aaron Rodgers doing Aaron Rodgers-like things. Just not as much. Aaron Jones had a great year. Defensive turnaround. Yeah. Yeah. Two losses to the Packers. I mean, I, I think... To me, one of the takeaways from this season is Matt Nagy's dominance of the division. 8-0 against the Lions and Vikings. 1-3 against the Packers. Got to change. Yes, it does. All right, we got some awards to hand out, too, for this season. But before we do that, we got to take a quick break. Hogan Johns. All right, want to tell you about something very cool that the Hogan Johns podcast is going to be part of, and you can join us and be part of our team. It's the American Lung Association Fight for Air Climb presented by United Healthcare. It's happening Sunday, March 8th at the Presidential Towers in Chicago. I've been training. Have you been training? No. You're done. <laughs> I think I can. I hope there there's some medical professionals, some first responders on site. To oh, help they you. got all that. Yeah, they well, got just just for you. This guy right here with the Ryan Pace haircut. You can climb one, two, three, or all four towers. You gonna do four? Wait, how, how many? 
How many have we agreed to? There's uh, 2,340 steps. That's what you've agreed to. The whole thing? Oh, uh, come on. We can do it. And you can join us as the teams from WGN Radio and WGN TV are inviting you to be a part of the biggest stair climb in Chicago. So every year, the team from WGN Television joins forces with the team from WGN Radio to do this. And this year, we're creating our own Hogan Johns team within the WGN Radio team. Make sense? So Johns and I will both be doing the climb, and you can sign up to do it with us. It's a great cause, and here's what you need to do. Go to the WGN Radio events page, wgnradio.com slash events. There you'll see the Fight for Air Climb listed. You click on it, find the button to register, and you'll automatically be part of our team. Then you start training, like Johns has done. Have you really started training? Yes. Oh. Okay. Now, Bobby. stair climbers aren't my thing. No. I think a lot of people are wondering, like, what's that dude doing on a stair climber? But there I am. Uh, I'm just going to keep playing basketball, and I'll be fine. I'll be in shape. And why do we do this? Because the fight for clean air and healthy lungs belongs to all of us. Again, you can join us, climb one, two, three, or all four towers, so you don't have to do it all. I'm making John's do it all, but you don't have to do it all. 2,340 steps, the American Lung Association fight for air climb at Presidential Towers. All right, John's, so we got some awards to hand out to end the 2019 season. Figured we'd have some fun with this. So here it is, the Come Out Hard and Stay Hard MVP Award. I think we got to um, come out hard and stay hard. Allen Robinson, AR-12. Second and goal, pass caught, touchdown Chicago. Allen Robinson, pass is caught for the touchdown Robinson. He was always the same every game. You could rely him on big catches, uh, wherever that was, red zone, third down, end of game, two minute. But the beauty for me and the appreciation that I have as a coach is just the way I I can't emphasize enough how great it is and the fact of how he handles himself away from game day. Play action down the middle of the field. It is Robinson and I thought he was the most consistent player throughout the year. All 16 games, played outstanding, clearly a key piece, and quite frankly, should be in the Pro Bowl. Yes, he should. Bad offense, great player. If anything was right about the Bears this year, it was him, especially in offense. And you know what? He won the Media Good Guy Award because he held himself accountable. He was there. He was he was present and willing to engage in all conversations about his team this year. For the record, we gave Joe Romano votes in this award. He voted for Nick Wachowski. I don't know if he's the team MVP, but he definitely he played well, played hard uh, for the Bears. Moving, well, he did come out hard and he stayed hard. Right. Moving on. We don't have turds on this team. The We Don't Have Turds on This Team Award. So this is kind of like the Media Good Guy Award, but it's more specific to our podcast. So it's the bear that helped the podcast the most. I want to say Mitch Trubisky, and I know Joe Romano voted the same. All right, Mitchell Trubisky is the winner of the We Don't Have Turds on This Team Award. Mitchell Trubisky. Trubisky looking for Robinson. What a catch made by Robinson, and what a throw made by Trubisky. He used them as a weapon, and we saw some things that we liked in regards to the run scheme. You know, heck, whenever he's able to use his legs like that, it's uh, he becomes another running back. Trubisky trying to keep the drive alive. We're looking for it all. Touchdown, Taylor Gabriel. Trubisky with a strike. 
So you said Ryan Pace, I believe, right? Right, because Ryan is gracious enough to come on this podcast. He came on twice this year, including with Matt Nagy in Arizona. Yes, he did. Not only did Trubisky give us a lot to debate, I just think, just in terms of having engagement, in terms of people willing to listen, Trubisky's everything. And speaking of Media Good Guy Awards, he was a runner-up to Allen Robinson. To his credit, he faced the music every single week, and you know for a fact he didn't want to. Was this a tough year for him? Yes, on and off the field. But for what we do, it was good stuff to debate. It was good stuff to talk about. It was good stuff to argue about. He's the winner. We don't have turds on this team. Next up. What question are you asking me? The what question are you asking me reporter award. So this goes to the reporter on the beat, the Bears beat, that gave the podcast the most content. And the winner is Chris Emma. Chris Emma. Boys, good to be with you. Uh, yeah, the Bears have better control over the situation, and they have a good background with him as well. Tommy's a Chicago kid. Yeah, everything I've heard is that he wants to be back. Chris Emma. You always, know, always good Chris Emma stories that come out of Hallis Hall. It, when, when I was thinking about this, oh, there's a lot of good Chris Emma stories that come out of Hallis Hall. Um, when I was thinking about this award, I thought about J.J. Stankovitz from NBC Sports Chicago for the bait he had with dialogues about packages. Oh, yes. <laughs> yes, that was a good one. You know, we're trying to expand his package. Because he struggled with expanding his package. Like, that's great radio. That's great podcasting right there. <laughs> Chris Emma delivered some of that, and I think my my at least my the one that's most memorable to me is the end of the year press conference, where he is just getting shouted down by every reporter in there, and he mumbles to himself, which we caught on the audio. What did he say? Get my ass kicked. I'm getting my ass kicked. Fantastic, because he lost the showdown to Quiet Pat Finley. Yes. Quick shout out to Dion Miller, and then Emma voted for Kevin Fishbane, which is probably literally the right answer, but. He's part of the podcast, so I he doesn't I, count. I'm excluding him from winning the award. Yes, if that makes sense. So, congratulations, Chris. All right, this last one we only gave one vote, and it went to Joe Romano, and it is the "Well Done" beats "Well Said" voicemail award. Yeah, I think um, I think you know, you know, "Well Done" beats "Well Said." And the winner is... My name is Igor Tcharkovsky. I am Bears fan from f***ing Siberia. I, I watch games to draw myself away from all of the horrors of living in one of the coldest places in the world. But today, I look at Mitch Trubisky and I say, Ah, you will never be quarterback for this team. Garbage. Unacceptable. Retire. Bob Dabrowski is going to be incensed. Yeah. It's okay, Bob. Hey, you know, it was a tough year for Bob. His team didn't come through. His Adam Shaheen prediction didn't work out. His rhyming email got or voicemail got cut off. Look, we only gave one vote here. Yes. This was all up to Joe, so take it up with him. <laughs> My personal favorite, sorry, Bob, is still Mike from the wrong side of the cheese curtain. Yeah. Because he rhymes. So we would have had three different votes here, but Joe's the one who handles the voicemails. He gets the say in this. He's heard them all, and it goes to Igor. My name is Igor Tcharkovsky. That very well could be Bob Dabrowski. <laughs> I was just thinking about that, actually listening to it. It may actually be him. All right. Well, those are our voicemails. We, we just our, hope, our awards. Yeah, yeah. So we hope you enjoyed the year with us. I know it wasn't the greatest year on the field, but at least in Adam Hogue's office and in various press boxes around 
United States. We tried to keep you informed and entertained. Yeah, you know, thinking back on it and talking about all these things that we just went through, it was a hell of a year. It was a fun year. I hope you guys appreciate that we are consistently trying to come up with new ideas for you to keep the podcast entertaining, which is why we're doing this show for you today. We appreciate everyone that contributes whether it's the voicemails or on Twitter or coming out to our live events, our live shows. Hopefully we'll, we'll, have, we'll have more of those. More yeah, of those yeah. this year, absolutely. We have a lot of fun with you. And as I think about it even now, one thing we left out from London was meeting our friends from the UK. Yes, yes. Which was yes. honestly one of the coolest things of the whole year. Yes. You know, flying across an ocean and seeing some of our listeners out there who really know the game of football. It was fun. And it was a highlight. How, how could we forget that? Well, we didn't. We just got it in. All right, well, thanks to everyone for an outstanding 2019. We'll, we vow to keep it up for you as we move forward into 2020, both here and on The Athletic, and hopefully the results on the football field are better for you as well. Thanks for listening. Closing time Every new beginning Comes from some other beginnings and